So I was driving home on a country road, and it should have taken me about an hour to get home. And instead of getting home at 2 a.m., I got home at 5 a.m. And I still don't know what happened. Abducted. S abducted, right. Welcome to Howie Mandel Does Stuff. I'm Howie Mandel. My daughter, Jacqueline Schultz, is my co-host who is late. Oh, she's late. She's late. She's tart. Did she get fined for that? Uh, well, she's, she's my kid. She'll be, uh, I'll give her a time out. <laughs> she's ground up time she's out. Gone. And she's Chris grounded. Jericho yes. is my guest. I'm Superstar here. Chris Jericho. Have you won in wrestling more? Do you have a record for as many more championships than, it seems like in three different, four different leagues, you yeah. have won. Are they leagues or? Uh, companies. Companies. Or promotions. Yeah. Promotions. You've won more. You know, it's funny because it's one of those things I'm sure you have the same where people go, hey, remember when you did that show, you know, 10 years ago and you have no real memory of it? Uh, that's kind of what I really like about Twitter and the internet. And, and they'll tell you, Chris has won over 40 championships and all these different uh, You don't know how many championships. I have no idea. I don't know. But there's been a lot, though. There's been a lot. But, I, I, if, but if I won Emmys and Grammys and I was an EGOT winner, I would know. Well, it, it's, it's not the same. It's it's not quite the same, but, but I'm, I'm not saying that to be callous or to be dismissive i just you you it's been 32 years right and it's every week you're working so sometimes you forget like i saw a picture the other day of myself and the rock as tag team champions and i was like i forgot that the rock and i were tag team champs because it was you know 20 odd years ago but you was, beat the rock well yeah and another fight on the same night yeah right? steve austin yeah so, yeah but so you remember that so, I, but yeah, the, the actual, the, the titles themselves, you kind of don't remember every single one. It is nice to see them all listed, but I couldn't recite them to you right now, like the Gettysburg Address. So I'm fascinated uh, with, a, with a couple things. First of all, for those people that, the few that are uh, listening and watching that aren't uh, fight fans, that aren't wrestling fans, I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, Chris's background. We have something in common. You have a, a bit of Canadian in you. Yes. I mean, I'm Canadian. You grew up in Winnipeg. Yes. Your uh, father was a hockey player for the New York Rangers. Yes, and he told me probably about 1980, you got to come see this comedian. This is back, Harry Mendel, when you put the... The glove. balloon, the glove over your nose and blew it up. You came and saw look, me? Look, look at this, look at this, look at this. Look, watch, 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 watch. What? That's me. Yeah, I know, that's you. But I remember my dad called me down on TV. To, you got to watch this guy. He's hilarious. Howie Mandel. So it's, this has been uh, fateful. Oh, well, it's great yes. to, to finally meet you. I've watched you. Uh, now, why you would think if your dad was like an NHL player, did you ever, was there ever a thought of pursuing hockey? Are you a skater? Can just, you play? I can play, but I'm not very good. I mean, anybody that grows up in Canada, for the most part, skates. Right. But early on, I wanted to be a wrestler and I wanted to be in a rock band. So I kind of didn't have the, the skills for hockey. Uh, did I you try? I tried. I played. As a matter of fact, I got the first, when our school first had high school hockey, I made the squad in, in grade 11. And in grade 12, I got cut from the squad, which was embarrassing. Really? Because your dad's an NHLer. Yeah, Ted Irvin's <laughs> kid couldn't make the squad. It couldn't even be, you know, the 25th red shirt on the, on the, on the team. So yeah, I just wasn't, I wasn't good at it. I just wasn't. And was good. he okay with that? Yeah, yeah, because he always uh, wanted me to pursue my dreams because he did the same when he was 17 when he joined the NHL. He, he, he got called out of high school and got drafted by the Bruins when he was 17. So he wow. understood what it's like to be a young guy and want to follow your dreams. And for me, it was wrestling. What got you into wrestling? You, did you go to a show in Winnipeg? How well, did you so they used to have the triumphant of, uh, of, of TV shows on a Saturday. It was um, uh, Bugs Bunny Hour. Right. Then 
AWA Wrestling, and then right. Hockey Night in Canada. So you didn't want to hunt Quasi Wabbits. I did not want to hunt Quasi Wabbits. I couldn't play hockey, so there was no, nothing left That was me. it. One is out it? of three so isn't bad. Three. And my grandma was a big wrestling fan. She really? was a huge wrestling fan. And, I, and then she, gosh, she passed away when I was probably six or seven, but I can remember watching wrestling with her. And she hated the bad guys and loved the good guys. But I loved the bad guys, but I never wanted to tell my grandma that because I just the bad guys are so much more Who fun. Who was your first hero, wrestling hero? That probably you Hulk Hogan. In, wow. in AWA, which was the Minneapolis promotion, right. which came up to Winnipeg, and that's where Hulk Hogan started. So he was the first that I can remember just being totally into Hulk Hogan. And then he, he, he suddenly one day just showed up in WWF, and then suddenly we're now watching WWF every week. That's, that's kind of fantastic. the early days of wrestling, yeah. So then you, how does, how do you break into becoming a wrestler? So you want to be a wrestler. Right. And then what, so what's the, like, I know how to become a comedian. How do you become a wrestler? But how it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, you just got to go and do it. Now it's a, little, a lot easier because you can go online and look up a wrestling school, for example. You you went to the Hart Brothers? Hart Brothers Pro Wrestling Camp, yeah. Which Was I, that, where is that? That's in Calgary. Okay. Right, so I was in Winnipeg, so it's, you know, about 14 hours west. Right. But um, I, I only uh, heard about it because it, there was a TV show from Calgary called Stampede Wrestling. There was an address on the screen, right, a self-addressed stamped envelope. Right. tell you what you have to do. So I had, you had to move away to go to wrestling school, essentially. So you had to pay? Yeah, to pay. Yeah, it was like you. Yeah, how much? Uh, I think it was two thousand dollars. I think it, it, that was kind of the price just to go to, to camp for three months. But then you also uh, did you get room and board? Yeah, no, you, you know you got to pay your room and, and board. I lived in a a little hotel uh, in Okotoks, Alberta, outside of Calgary that had bullet holes in the in the in the walls. You know, it's just. But my point is, when you first go to to, to wrestling school right. and you learn the basics of wrestling, then you got to go get gigs. Just like being a stand-up comic, you got to. But go what find is gigs. the basics of wrestling? What is it like? How so, to okay, fall? So, how to? Yeah. So what? in wrestling, it's called taking a bump. And this is not taking a bump uh, in 1982 at the comedy store. This is this is a fall. You're taking a bump on the on the mat, like when you take a fall on the right, mat, right? Right. So you you essentially have to learn how to do that, and then you learn how to do some of the moves: a body slam, a hip right. toss, a suplex, you know, climbing to the top rope, those types of things. The athletic part of it. Did you get hurt? I didn't, in school? No, you didn't? I didn't really get hurt. I mean, obviously, I got hurt, but nothing bad. But I remember, like, we used to have to do, like, these terrible stretches where they would make you sit, like, in a lotus position and then go behind you and push your knees to the ground and that sort of stuff. Just things that your body's not, not supposed to do and just be screaming in pain. Is there, it's called stretching you. Right. And they would do this to try and get rid of the guys that were the, the wannabes that didn't really want to do it. So the more pain you get put in, then they just leave. What percentage of the people that went to the school ended up making a living wrestling? Uh, there was two of us out of 20, and I would say that's a high percentage, the fact that two of us made it to the big leagues. Do I know the other guy? His name is Lance Storm, another Canadian from North Bay, Ontario. Wow. So wrestling fans would know Lance Storm. Okay. So now you go, you finish, how long is the, is the class? How long is, is the school? It's three months. Three months. Yeah, and you go five days a week for like three hours, and then you, you graduate, I guess, what it would be. And then how do you get a, a like a, a fight, like a real legitimate, how do you a get match, it? yeah. Um, well, so it's it's like you got to find a promoter that will book you. Right. Okay, so there's always- It's like getting booked on a show. It really is. It, like, it's very similar to being a stand-up comedian when you first start. You got to make the towns and, you know, go from this town to this town and do your weekly engagements and all that stuff. But yeah, so there's promoters, uh, the small-time promoters- Right. That would book you on their show. And my first show was- uh, 
in Pinoca, Alberta, which wow. is right between <laughs> wow. Calgary and Edmonton. It was uh, October 2nd, 1990. Mind like a steel trap, Howie. Um, so yeah, so that was my first match that I ever had. And I got paid $30 and I thought I was rich. 30 bucks. So let me, me, because I'm just trying to get inside it. I think that the, as I just have, a, I have a friend that actually worked, it's standing right there, Mark Blubman. He worked at WWE. Oh, cool. As a writer. But um, <laughs> the, the, you've, throughout the years, like when I was a kid and watching wrestling, now the, the curtain is kind of yeah. taken back. Right. So, uh, I, and I'm fascinated by it because I, as much as I don't, I would never use the word fake because being able to, jump from a top rope being able to be as physical yeah. as your phys i mean you could become if you don't know what you're doing you could well, be you could you can, die you can, yes you can i mean it's, it's i always say it's like a live stunt show you know it's like a modern day shakespearean uh play right so when you are hired for 30 dollars what is the next step do you uh they have an opponent in mind and yeah. then is it like a dance? Is it like uh, you go, I'll take the lead, I'm yeah. going to do... Yeah, it's like being almost like an improv comedian or a, uh, in a jazz trio. You just watch each other and, you know, yes and. You, you, you work together to put on the best possible show that you can. And, and back then, you didn't really even go over anything. You just called it all on the fly. So you're in the, in the ring, yeah. in the midst of the fight. Right. Like, how do you let somebody know, I'm going to climb to the third rung of the, uh, of the rope. rope. Yeah. I'm going to climb to the top ropes. I'm going to jump, get you in a suplex. Like, how do you, where where do in, I see in that? In that case, I would just maybe like give you a slam and say, stay. And then you stay and I go to the top rope and then I jump and land on you. Or I slam you and go move. I go to the top rope and I jump and you move and I land and hurt myself. So you just kind of talk like that, you know? I would imagine if that's how it's done, it's not as easy. Um, it doesn't go as smoothly. I said move. <laughs> well, that's happened before too. I thought you said stay. I said move. But I mean, like I said, you are you're working together to put on the best possible show. And you also really depend on what the crowd is buying. There's, wrestling is not just moves and physiques and all that sort of stuff. It's really listening to the crowd and connecting with the audience it's it's show business essentially, but beyond show business, I can't imagine. I know they don't allow this now, but there was a time, and you were involved in this too, with with uh, like the more blood, the more money people got, right? So you would you would take razor blades and well, yeah, that's a, that's a old, yeah. I mean, that's part of the business well, too, old. right? Yeah, that's an old school trick, but the bad guys still do that now. But now there's there's also like what you would call death matches which would be guys falling into barbed wire and tacks and hitting themselves with light bulb tubes over each other's heads. And that's, that's really extreme. It's called deathmatch wrestling. But that's a, that's a, that's a whole you know, sub-genre of the pro wrestling business as well. And that's just kind of really... Do uh, they have their own league or their they own? They do, but they're really smaller ones. You know, we, we've done a few of those in the big leagues, but they're few and far between. If you have a big match and you have like a big... Uh, like a big showdown, you might do some kind of a barbed wire match or something along those lines. And those are like kind of the, the grand finale of the story, of the feud. It's the end of the movie, you know? What's the biggest injury you've obtained? I've been pretty lucky, man. I've only had, I've only ever uh, missed six weeks out of 32 years. I have a broken arm that I had to get a steel plate put in. But that's it. That's the worst I ever had. And that was way back in 1994. Are you involved in the writing or the scenario that is about to take place? Because it's beyond the, the what we see on a SmackDown or whatever. It seems like the story, you know, uh, it kind of 
emanates like yeah. months before, right? You well, yeah, you, long-term planning. Like I like telling long-term stories for right. me. So yes, now I do write most of my stuff. And I like to write, you know, thinking a month ahead, two months ahead, three months ahead. Now things change. You, you let the story lead you. You don't try and put the, the square peg story into the round hole because that never works. You got to listen. Once again, you listen to the crowd. What are they buying? They really like this part of the story. Well, let's go this way with it and see what happens. Okay, they're not into it. Let's bring it back this way. So wrestling is so important and so um, uh, significant with the storytelling. It's like theater. It really is. It it's is live. Theater. It's a live Shakespearean drama. But the actual, what I find fascinating about what you do is I would think that a lot of wrestlers are like, and, and comparing it to theater, it's like actors, but then they there's writers. Yeah. My friend was one. Uh, th there's writers yeah. that write these things, but I, I sense that you write, you're very involved and write your own... Yeah, storylines. Always, right? Well, yeah, especially now, you know, really. But when you first start, you, you kind of just do what the boss tells you. And then as you start getting some name value and start connecting with the audience, start getting over as we call it, then you can start putting some of your own spin on it. And then the more experience you get, the more you relied upon to kind of create your own stories. So it, you know, another real comparison is it's, it's a lot like being on Saturday Night Live, like with Lorne Michaels being your boss, so back when Vince McMahon was the boss, or Tony Khan is my boss now, where you'll try and write for them. If they like you, you'll get more TV time. So in, in in the Saturday Night Live scenario, you have an I assume you have an idea right now and yes. you want to and you want to pursue that idea. Do you have to submit it to your boss and then Yeah. Yeah, I'll call them or say hey, I got this idea. What do you think? Oh, I like that. Okay, let me write down the next 6 weeks of 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 TV because it's once a week. So right. you know, week 1 this happens. Week two, we do this. Week three, we do that. I'm not sure we're going to do week four, but it's going to lead to the big showdown on week six, for example. And that's kind of how, and then he will say, I like this. Let's go with it. And then, like I said, if it starts going astray or maybe you want to take it in a different direction, you can do that too. But you kind of always have a skeleton of what you want to be doing over the next, you know, six months or uh, six weeks, two months, that sort of thing. Is it easier now because of social media where you can kind of connect in real time with an audience and kind of see how they're responding to whatever yeah. you're doing? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you, you, whenever you do a show, you instantly can go and look and see what the feedback is. Now, everyone's got an opinion, and social media obviously can be very volatile as well, so you have to have a thick skin. If the, the same people that say that you're the greatest, you know, two weeks later might say that you're the worst, so you can't really take it too... Uh, seriously uh, either way you know what I mean you kind of just gotta I, I like to just use it as uh, as feedback but leave it as feedback not like live or die by it right this is my daughter there she Jackie. is she's sorry. here you made it I'm sorry <laughs> she's apologizing I've been here the whole time we've been watching yes. you yes yes that, that. she's just uh, what happens when a match starts late um yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> happened Hello. this is Going Chris Jericho Jackie Oh, Hello. hi, Jackie. How are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Very cool. So really, she just walked in, so I'll just continue. So that is what the meaning of life is? <laughs> yes. You missed it. I missed I'm it. Done. Thank I you missed and good night. Yeah, it's amazing. We covered some amazing topics. We did. <laughs> yeah. What about being, now you're with a new uh, promotion? Yes. Right. Is the, what is the rivalry between the different, like WWE? So, and, okay. so WWE for years had the, the monopoly on the sport. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, yeah. And so then my boss is Tony Khan, who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. He owns Fulham Football Club in, in England. Um, and he was always a lifelong wrestling fanatic. 
and decided to start his own company on TBS, where we did a show once. Deal right. with it. Um, he was on Deal It. I was. It. On, yeah, Deal with it. Yeah, I was. Yo, Vaughn, me, and him. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Do you remember what you did on it? I tore it up. What does that, that mean? That means he doesn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was some, some guy was yeah, some guy was on an outdoor patio or something like that. But uh, yeah, he started this 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 new uh, this new promotion on TBS, and out of the gate because now people had a choice to watch. It's always great to have competition. Right. So, I mean, obviously we're competition just by proxy of the fact that we're in wrestling, but we really don't look at it that way. I mean, they do what they do, and we do what we do, and both are very successful at this point. Do they do, uh, and um, maybe it's just my ignorance, do you ever do crossover between no. promotions? No. I mean, that's always kind of a, a, of a wrestling fan's dream, you know? Right. But it'd be like, you know, DC versus Marvel. That's right. probably not going to happen. Now, within our own little universes, we have crossovers with other companies in other countries, but WWE and AEW, no crossover. And when you make a deal, when they just take you or you go and you make a deal, do you own a piece of the, are you a partner? In the company? Yeah. No. 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 It, that's the boss. That's his promotion. Do no. you do you own your you? Do you own your yeah. likeness and your name, or do they have that? It's no. kind of like the NF, or is it like the NFL where they? No, you you. you I, I trademarked my name years ago. I mean, Gene Simmons, who was on your show, yeah. taught me years ago trademark everything. So I do trademark everything. And WWE used to hate that. I'm like, well, hey, it's my stuff. So there's intellectual property which they own, IP, but names and that sort of stuff, I trademark it. But if they sell a Chris Jericho doll, they make money. Do, do, yeah, you they, just get a you piece get a of piece it. Of, you get royalties off it, yeah. Right. Yeah. And But now you, do you have your own merch outside of the promotion or do you have to, probably, that's what yeah, you sign I, over to them? You basically sign over. That's part of the whole deal, you know what I mean? Because they, they make the merch and sell it uh, based on what you're doing on, on TV, right? So and like, like you said, you get your royalties, you get your percentage, you know, and, and that's just... Uh, that's just the way. It, I mean, everything works that way. Your deal or no deal, you know, home. But that the difference between the deal or no deal and all the other shows I'm on, which were NBC, they owned it. I, I barely made anything. Do you make a lot of money in merch? I mean, not as much as you probably should. You know, it's a small percentage. But I, WW, I mean, but wrestling. it should be different. They're like selling you and your right. name as opposed to selling a show that you're on. Right. So you should be making. Well, you would think that, right? But once well, again, she they, wants to negotiate for they, you. They, yeah. <laughs> they own, you know. I'm here for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> it. Late. Late. But, Late. but it's for you. Listen, she's here now. That's fine. That's, that's all the most that important matters. Thing. That's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, that, that's it's kind of a, that will probably never change because there's another thing that wrestling doesn't have is a union. There's no unions mm -hmm. for wrestling which is kind of crazy because we're on TV, uh, television stars. Is it not it's SAG? Not no, it's not SAG. And, and, do they, and have they ever, the television, because basically you are actors. Yes, and that would be the only way it could ever be unionized if SAG stepped in to do it. Have they it, tried? I don't know. It's like it's kind of been one of these things. Like Wrestling started like as kind of a, like a carny type of a sport in the 30s, and, it, and there's certain things that are so you know, primitive. Are you a member of SAG? I am. But not through wrestling. No, I know. But the SAG, so SAG doesn't come after you. I know. I've seen no. uh, Terrifying 2. Terrifier 2. Yeah. Terrifier 2. <laughs> so he, he loves horror movies. Mm -hmm. it's a, that's another crazy clown. Yeah. So movie. is like the whole wrestling world kind of anti-actors union because they've been anti, like, you guys saying that you're acting? Like, do they not want to tie no, themselves to? No, 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 to? not in the modern world. I just think it's one of those things that's just never, it's just never 
caught up for whatever reason. Like I said, yeah. this started 30s, 40s in, a, in you know in a tent in a circus. That's where mm -hmm. wrestling basically. I know, started. but I'm saying like specifically like you are a SAG member and you've done acting and you've been on TV and you do you do things. I would imagine that as an uh, union member of the Screen Actors Guild, now you're on TBS. You should performing should. something that you wrote. I'm not. I don't want them to come after you, but I'm just saying it's amazing. Not, not the league that they don't just that come it's after. It's never happened before. I know. I hope I'm not stirring something up. It's it's been discussed many times before. It's just one of those kind of conundrums. Great word uh, it is. about the wrestling business, and I, I don't. I don't know if it'll ever change. I hope it, it doesn't. Yeah, but, well, it's good. Why? Well, do you in want? In some ways. It, a union, I mean, a union would be good in some ways, I'm sure, mm -hmm. and probably hinder you in other ways, which is why probably they don't want to get into it, but. Um, speaking of, uh, shows and, and music is a big part of your life. Yes. And you've actually kind of gotten huge success with Fozzie. Yes, we've done really well. We just, uh, about a, two months ago, uh, our record Judas went gold. We got the gold record. And it charted. It charted. The song yeah, charted. Yeah, it charted top 10. Top 10. But then went gold, which is 500,000 units sold in the States. And to get that and put it on your walls, like that's every child. That you dream. remember, not your wrestling championships. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I remember my gold record. I remember that one. Today's episode is brought to you by Surfshark VPN. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what a VPN is? It's a tool that improves your online privacy and protects you from hackers. How? Tell them, Jackie. Okay, so it basically acts as a shield and hides your IP address. So everything you do online stays private, whether it be reading the news, streaming some shows, listening to podcasts, you name it. Howie Mandel does stuff. <laughs> well, you didn't mean... No. In the podcast, no. okay. Plus, if you use a VPN, you can virtually travel the world from the comfort of your own home, and Surfshark gives you over 100 countries to choose from. Wow, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Once you change your virtual location, you'll be able to bypass censorship and restrictions, find your favorites on Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, or other streaming services, and even access new libraries to watch even more content. That's amazing. This is my favorite thing. If you can't see a YouTube video because of your location, all you have to do is use Surfshark VPN. If you can't access that one website to buy limited edition sneakers, what do you use? You Surfshark B VPN. Mm -hmm. Try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals/howie. Enter promo code Howie for 83% off and three extra months free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. That's surfshark.deals slash Howie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, it, that, that, I mean, to get that actual disc and to look at it and to be remembering, like, seeing Ozzy Osbourne, you know, 40 years ago, showing all his gold discs in his house. And it's like, now I have a gold disc to put on the wall. That was kind of his real... Like, it's one of those moments in life where you just sit there and you got to just look at it for like five minutes and just go, wow, like this is every dream ever. And combined with these other dreams that have also had happened too. Right, but you are uh, one of the few people that has had childhood dreams and more than one childhood dream and kind of accomplished all your dreams. You know, kids sitting at home watching wrestling, watching Hulk Hogan, boom, he's in the ring. Yeah. You know, watching Ozzy Osbourne, boom, you got that gold record. Right. Loving horror, horror films, boom, you're in horror <laughs> films. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that, those movies have really taken off. Somebody was telling me, uh, uh, Jeremy was telling me before that, uh, you know, that's made it, it's a, like they're crowdfunding movies, right? So Terrifier 2, 
Um, yeah, it was crowdfunded. I think the budget was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It's over eight million now. It's over eight million. They think it's going to top out at ten. And it's got the buzz from like those movies of the seventies, like watch this movie at your own risk. People are puking and passing out in the theaters. Beware! It's incredibly. And once bloody. you get that word of mouth, you can't stop it, right? Uh, we so just that's what's happened. We're spreading it right now. Right now. Right, right now. Here. So go. Go. <laughs> you haven't see. seen it. It's disgusting. It's super gross. I've seen a lot of disgusting things. Okay. And it's like another clown. Art. <laughs> Art the clown. Art the clown. Yeah. You should. What you should He's watch. Creepy. It. I don't know Art the clown. Uh, if you saw him, you'd be creeped out. You'd be terrified. I know centipede. Human centipede. No, human centipede. Yeah, this is it's the. It's not the same movie. You don't really want to. You don't want to be in that. I don't right? want. Well, I don't want to be in the middle. Of or that, teeth. For sure. Really, teeth. you want to be at any side of that? Well, the front wouldn't be as bad. I don't think. If you're going to be in the human centipede, it's best to be in the front. I, I, I think we can all. Well, agree there's on. a word of advice. <laughs> I'll agree, agree upon that, right? Yeah, there, there's, our, there's your clickbait headline <laughs> for the show. If you're going to be in centipede, be the front guy. <laughs> <laughs> it, only if you can choose who's the second. <laughs> that's, yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. That works. That works. Yeah. Yes. That's the caveat. You don't want Gene Simmons to be no. <laughs> number two. You'll end up choking. Yeah. Let's pitch it. Celebrity centipede every Tuesday night at seven on ABC. Yeah. Oh, on ABC. You're right. It is very Disney. They would take it. Wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you touring with Fozzie? Yes, we're uh, actually going to the UK on Thursday. We're heading over there. We do really good overseas uh, in England and Ireland, Northern Ireland, Scotland. A whole Wales. European tour. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, no American dates? Um, I think those are in the spring. Like April, I think those are happening. So I just had a bruised larynx. I got clotheslined in the throat for the first time in my whole career. I just it, asked you about, you said oh, you sorry, broke an forgot, arm three I years ago. I forgot about that. Your, your memory, <laughs> you is, like, you're a good guest, but too, you yeah. got the shittiest memory. I've ever. got a great memory. I asked him how, wait, wait, yeah. before you were here, I said, how, have you won more championships than anybody? He goes, I don't remember that stuff. Well, no, I just, I, I don't remember how many I've won. I mean, I was the first undisputed champion. I was the first AEW champion. I, I wasn't disputing, things. but you're not the undisputed, uh, most forgetful person we've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. You. I have a great memory, Howie, I'll tell Okay, you got um, clothesline. I got clothesline in the throat. I got a bruise. By who? Larynx. Um, John Moxley. Okay, okay. See, I remember. Now I'm, I'm going to throw out everything. You don't know who, who it is. George Schwartz. Hit me with the, yeah, hit me with the clothesline. It wasn't, wasn't even George in a fight. Schwartz, yeah. <laughs> it's always so, the Jews. <laughs> sorry. But I don't even know. Like, Perpetuate that, Dad. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've never had uh, that sort of an injury. So when your vocal cord gets bruised, it like I learned all about vocal cords. Now the vocal cords I thought were like cords, like you'd see like on a guitar or something, right? Right. Mm -hmm. They're not. They're two little things. It almost looks like a like a like a woman's productive area, like vagina. a vagina. Like a vagina. Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't know how far. Wait, it looks like a you vagina. Have a vagina and you in could, your throat. You do, and I never knew and that. And you could wow. speak out of it. Yes. It's no. amazing. So women, if women knew that, if they only knew. <laughs> yes. If anyone, if you ever saw a picture, That's of your, <laughs> what's that? I'm wearing two <laughs> pairs of underpants. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> two pairs of underpants. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, when you look at this, at this uh, vagina, well, the vocal vagina, we call it the, the, the double, call the double V. Uh, it, it, it's swollen, so one side doesn't move, and your vocal cords go like this. Right. And if one doesn't move, you can't sing. So I lost the high part of my singing. So we had to postpone a bunch of tours. I do had to do a bunch of therapy and all this other stuff. But there's no timeline on it. If you Wait, break, what's therapy for your just uh, uh, exercises? You know, doing warm ups and pushing. You got to basically relearn how to sing. It's like if you if you tear your shoulder, right? Right. You can't just go back to bench pressing. You know, two hundred pounds. You got to start slow and work your way up so that's the same with singing which i never knew i thought as soon as so the, you're on the mend right i'm now. on the mend i'm about 85 percent, but we're ready to rock it's gonna be great but but you just got to relearn and it's really crazy because i never knew that 
I just thought when the swelling goes down, boom, you can sing again. I hope your vocal labia gets better soon. Thank you so much. It's vocal well, vagina. I know, but it's but a labia. labia. She's it's being one more. Of the, it's one of oh, the lips. Okay. It's swollen and being more specific. I love that. I love that my daughter's teaching you. <laughs> she is. I just learned that. I'm 51 and just learned that. I was just Do you have kids? Old. I have three kids, yes. Yes, so you know what the labia is. I, well, you yes. don't have to. You don't have to know in order to have <laughs> you kids. You don't have to have kids to know what the labia but is. But they come, that's where the kids were. Were you in the room when? Uh, uh, yes, the C-section for, for all three of my kids. I wasn't talking about their birth. I was talking oh. for the conception. I was there for at least <laughs> two of them for sure. The third is still debatable. But How old are your kids? Uh, so I have twin daughters that are 16. Wow. Oh, that's and, Good uh, luck. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Where are they? Where they live here in LA? Uh, we live in Tampa. Live in, in Tampa. Florida. And 16-year-old uh, girls. 16 when she was 16, girls. it was hell. It's it, tough. What do you do, right? Like so the, the 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 girls bring their, you know, boyfriend home. Right. And at oh, first I'm like the the asshole, like intimidating, like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Yeah. And then finally my daughter was like, can you please stop? Like, this is stupid. You're embarrassing me. Do you He's... wear the wrestling outfit when they show up? <laughs> exactly. Just posing in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's my dad. Cleaning my shotgun. Hey, kid. Um, but yeah, you got you to you know, be cool. You can't be a mean guy. I was. You, the, all the time? Yeah. But when the boys were there. Yeah. See, I got I to gotta be meaner. See, I see but, I'm learning a lot here. On the do you now. like, well, I don't know that I did it right. Do, do you like the boys they're bringing home? Do you like their they're, choice? They're good kids. And that's why I'm like, I can't be a jerk. If the guy was a jerk, I could be a jerk back. But he's a sweet, my one daughter has a boyfriend. My other daughter doesn't. He's a sweet kid and he's super nervous and I can tell. So I just got to lay, lay, lay off, man. You know what I mean? Just I gotta, What does your wife say? Does your wife? Lay off. Lay off. Yeah. <laughs> you're being a jerk. You know, you're being a jerk. Are they driving? Yeah. 16? Yes, yeah. They just got that's their scary. Uh, license. Um, yeah, it is scary. My son is 19. And he drives four hours from college to Tampa. Like he goes to college in Miami. But just it's just weird to envision your kids driving for four hours on their own, even though he's 19. He should be driving, but it's just strange. He's going to University of Miami? Uh, FAU. It's FAU. Mocha, yeah. yeah. So and do they aspire? Does he aspire to do anything that you're doing? None of my kids showed any of that type of um, desire to be in music, to be in wrestling, to act. My son just, he's writing now. He wants to write, which is something else that I do. But none of them ever really got into wrestling. You said you're writing a uh, graphic novel. A, a, a graphic novel NFT, yeah. So what is a graphic novel NFT? Okay, so we all know what NFTs are. Obviously. Well, not everybody. Okay. It's a non-fungible token. So, it means uh, it's it exists. What you, you what, what are you laughing at? Well, I, he was about to say it, but you go ahead. Want, you say you it. want well, to make sure everyone knows that you know what an NFT is. I'm not gonna, go yeah. go ahead. You talk. I'm sorry. I'm the major. I'm no. Oh, I'm the interrupter. Yeah. I, I read the comments, people. <laughs> the interrupter. No, I am. They tell me to shut up. Well, uh, you, you can't help it. You're a you're you, you're a personable guy. You got things to add to the conversation. That's good. It's your show. You do what the hell you want. Okay. Oh, do you want me to keep going? Okay. So NFT. I'm not like going to interrupt said, you when you're non, talking about me. Non-fungible token. When I first heard that, I thought it was like some kind of a mushroom or something. Like fungible to me was like fungus. <laughs> and I was like, what, what, what are you taught? My, actually, my manager said, well, you, you should look in these NFTs. So, yes. And, and the best way I can describe it is if, um, you know, oh, you buy something that's, you know, basically in the in in the blockchain. Mm -hmm. So, like, it doesn't really exist. But it exists. Like, I have a Wayne Gretzky rookie hockey card that I can't find. It's in my house somewhere. I had this freaking thing for 40 years, I can't find it. If it was an NFT, you would always know where it was. You can always have it. And people say, well, why, don't, why can't you just take a picture of that NFT and use that instead? Well, I can go to the Louvre and take a picture of the Mona Lisa and print it out and hang it on my wall 
doesn't mean it's the Mona Lisa, right? So it's a facsimile of the Mona Lisa. That's what an NFT is as well. The original is the original. The original Mona Lisa, the original, you know, uh, Chris Jericho uh, graphic novel NFT, if I was able to explain this. So um, a graphic novel is a comic book, okay? Right. The difference, though, is when you when you have an NFT, it, it lives and breathes. So you, you, you buy it in, like, by chapters, for example. So if it's eight pages in the chapter, when you read it, like if someone shoots a gun, the gun shoots. It's kind of like half of a cartoon and animated and moving and living and breathing and, and, and you know, lots of colors and um, moving Kind of like that thing. That's my buddy Cookie. Yes. He created that for our proto. Yeah. That's Bobby, but that's kind of a Bobby NFT kind of. That sort yeah. of a thing, right? Yeah. So so that it's kind of like a living comic book, like I said. So And people now are like, NFTs don't make sense. They're probably the same people that 15 years ago, if you would have given me, I don't know, a DVD of your new comedy special. And I say, Howie, 15 years from now, these DVDs will be obsolete and you'll be able to watch the comedy special on your phone. You would have went, come on. Same thing with NFTs. I think that's the way over the next 10 years, a lot of physical product will move over to the NF NFT world. Do you see a lot of people getting really upset at you whenever yes. they hear that you're yes. doing anything digital or not digital, but NFT yes. or crypto? Because I see that if we talk about it at all, it's very yeah. divided. Like very. either people are like, I'm not listening to this. I'm turning it off. This is nonsense. Yeah. Or they're super into it and on board. Well, they think it's like some kind of a scam or a yeah. ripoff or something. And once again, it's just people just don't know. Like I didn't know. Like I said, I honestly thought it was a mushroom. What is an NFT? So once you start learning it, you know, another hockey analogy, you always want to go where the puck is going, not where it's been. And this, I'm telling you, this is going to be the way I think music is going to go into NFTs. I think that's how bands are going to be able to take their music back rather than just having it, you know, essentially just listened to for free on Spotify or whatever. If you sold your new record at 10,000 NFTs for, I don't know, 10 bucks each, and people bought that, well, there's your, you know, million dollars or whatever the hell it's like, I'm not good at addition. But I think that's the way it's going to go because, uh, and same with movies, uh, graphic novels, music. Um, so you're you're creating this graphic novel with an NFT in mind. Is yes. it Does that preclude you from, if it really takes off and people really like it, to maybe making a movie about it? Or well, That's my overall goal. So I have a, this character that I play called the Pain Maker. And I uh, invented the character when I was wrestling in Japan. Right. Because I wanted like a little bit, something a little bit more violent. Like what would a serial killer look like if he was a pro wrestler? So right. I came up with this idea and it's a, little, it's a little bit of makeup and there's like a kind of a... Well, you're not Chris Jericho when you're in Japan? Well, it's the pain maker, Chris Jericho, just the pain maker. Okay. Yeah. So the character is really cool. And I thought, okay, I have seen so many Spider-Man, Batman, Superman movies. How many more, like how many more characters are there in these universes? They're just making the same ones over and over again. Somebody somehow is going to have to create a new superhero. So that's where the pain maker came in. So the idea is to make it into a movie at some point. That's my overall goal. But if you have a goal, go for you it. You seem to have uh, achieved <laughs> right. all your goals. <laughs> so go for it, yeah. So where are we in that process? Uh, well, so we're just, we're just writing and illustrating the graphic novel now. And <laughs> this is getting like... So the idea is that the pain maker is an intergalactic... Uh, former serial killer. He, he's he's, 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 he's uh, changed his life and he's not a serial killer anymore. But now he travels the galaxy hunting down other serial killers in different galaxies, different planets. So you can have like a giant scorpion serial killer, whatever. Right. But the flaw is that he still has to kill innocent people from time to time because it's just in his DNA. So he's a flawed character. 
That's like what? What is that show that was on uh, where he the killer Dexter? Dexter. It's a little Dexterish, a little Dexterish. It's got a little elements. But of it, that. that wasn't intergalactic, and yeah. he yeah. wasn't really killing innocent people. Everybody he killed deserved it. Deserved it exactly. So you're taking it nine steps further. Nine steps further. What? What if the pain maker falls in love and then can't help himself and has to kill the one he loves? I mean, who knows? The, the, wow. The, 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 the possibilities are endless. Who's, so, who do you have illustrating this? So it's the NFT company. That I've done two NFTs in the past, um, like the like 20-second kind of pain maker, essentially cartoons kind of. Um, so that whole team, with the team is called Semcore that I'm working with. Have the the um, NFTs, have they made you money? Have they? Well, they did. The first two that I sold, see, here's the thing. And like you said before, people that don't know NFTs go, oh, it's a waste of money. People that do know NFTs, they'll buy this stuff fast and it goes quick. That's why you only release like 50 there's only 50 of them. And once those 50 are gone, you'll never get them again. So that's what I did for the first two, just kind of dipping my toe in the water. And people, like, if you are in the NFT world, it goes fast. Thing is, I took the payoff in cryptocurrency, thinking that I was, you know, oh, this is going to be great. Didn't work out so well. It went down a lot. So you got a lot of crypto for it, but you're hanging I on did. to the crypto. The crypto may go up again, or did you sell that off? No, I just kept it. Why not, right? Just to see what happens. Because once again, like there's something to it. Like, why would crypto be so huge and then go so low? Is it done or is it just in a lull? You know, that's sort of stuff. It's like, a bull market. It's because people don't it know. Follow stocks too. It follows Sometimes, everything. It follows in a recession yeah, in general. Yeah, kind of. But it's kind of in its own little world. Because once again, people don't quite know what to do with it yet, or which one to buy. Which one to buy? Yeah, like a so Bitcoin, yeah. Ethereum. Which yeah. one did you sell? It's called Phantasm was the one I had. Phantasm. Yeah. Do you know that one? No, at the time it was like, you know, getting paid and this it was great. I think it was like, oh, it's worth, I don't know, 150 grand. Now it's worth like 13 grand. <laughs> what do you do, right? It's like stocks. You just got to hold on to it. Because I don't, I don't think people quite understand it. I don't know if I even understand it yet. I'm trying to learn it to stay ahead of the curve, right? Oh, you know, but then somebody was explaining to me, like, why is this piece of paper with a picture of an old president on it worth something? You know what I mean? We just, it's great whatever point. we create. That's a great point. As, as value, yes. we create as value. So it depends where humanity ends up landing and saying, this is value. No, you're yeah. right. Because like I said, like, who carries cash with them? Not like, me. nobody. So, so why wouldn't cryptocurrency make sense? You know, it's all on your phone, like Apple Pay or whatever. Like, that makes sense to me. Because even, like, you know, credit cards and stuff, oh, I lost my credit card, shit, where'd it go? It's, if it's all on your phone or all, you know, in the Ethereum, you could never lose it. Like I said, my Wayne Gretzky rookie card, I would never lose it if it was an NFT. It would always Did you really it. lose that? I can't find it, man. It's driving me crazy because I had it on the dresser for 15 years and then it just left. Do you think it was stolen? I don't know. Maybe. It was maids. Maybe the, maybe the cleaning people stole it. You don't the have the best memory, so you might have just put it somewhere else. <laughs> I do have a good memory. The maids? <laughs> have you asked the maids? I, well, there's been a lot that came and went over the years, but I should. You have a lot of maids. Well, I mean, just the, the, the rotate. It's 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 a high it's a highly uh, uh, switchable position. I'd have to say. You don't. Really? Uh, your uh, housekeepers don't last for long. I want to ask you a question. Arnold Go Schwarzenegger ahead. kept his for a really. Oh yeah, long he time. kept really his. Yeah, yeah, he still no. remembers her name. Yeah. Every, every, every week. And he saw her labium. Labium <laughs> and his voice. What is it? Labia. Labia. It's labium. I think a labium's in your shoulder, isn't it? <laughs> Torn labium. Did I say it wrong? You did. It's well, labia. He was introducing a new part of. Uh, she labia. wasn't English speaking. She was not. But it's still not labium. That's how she said it. No, it's not. Arno okay, ask whatever. Arnold's mate. Okay. I always go back. Labium. I said what I want you in my labium. <laughs> 
accent is that? I don't know. What? I don't know what she French. was. It's kind of a French thing. Yeah, she was a French maid. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let okay. me ask you a question. Go um, ahead. The show tanked. Yeah. How did that tank work out for you? So I have the tank. I'll show you. It's it's still. Mine didn't work out well at all. Why? Why? They just they put all the fish in the tank and then they, they died, left and they died. They all die. Yeah. I had little kids, like three kids, were young at the time crying. <laughs> you can't just put twenty fish in a tank, film it. Great show. See you guys. And they walk away. And the next day, these fish are dying. Like that happened to me too. Same right. Yeah. Yeah. And my grandkids, her kids. Well, you know, they came and they got attached to fish. It was like kind of a, <laughs> uh, um, what do you call it? An aquatic holocaust. <laughs> yeah. They left us. The killing tank. It was the killing tank. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And then I realized that they have to acclimate. So right. before they all died, I saw them dying like one by one. After they left, you know, this is the, this is the other thing. And we could talk about it now because they're not doing the show anymore, but they, they do a really good job of building Designing, a tank. Designing, absolutely. They design a tank, but then for the show, they want this tank to look glorious and fruitful. Yeah. And they ask you, what kind of fish do you want? Do you want sharks? Do you want eels? Do you want blowfish? And I picked all these beautiful yeah. fish and they were beautiful. And if you watch the episode, and I could put it up, I'll put it up now as people are talking about it, but it's got my head in yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, so um they started dying, and I called the fish guy. The fish guy. That's I, is that the name of the company, Rich? That that looks after Fish Guy Incorporated. I think is the name. Who's the guy that looks at? He's great. The okay. guy that I have now is it's great. Brian. What? Brian. 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 Thanks, thanks to Brian. Shout out to Brian. So, someone's memory. I call maybe him your fish memory guy. ain't so great. I never really met him, but anyway, you just call him Fish Guy. I had him pull all the fish out, yeah, and then they they acclimate the water, right? So, but you know how they acclimate the water? They put them in like a plastic bag? No, they have these other fish that are these little fish oh. that are like a kamikaze bad water fish. Like, oh. Like they, they, don't they put uh, shitty, like, the, uh, where, where's up? Rich going? Yeah. Rich, I'm asking you fish questions. I'm here, yeah. They put in like uh, tester fish that survive or they don't survive. It's like oh, the, I didn't know. Okay. It's, it's like not the that they kill in, something. In the mind. They yep. just die if their water's not good. Right, but that's like if we want to explore Mars, are we sending people we don't like up to Mars without a suit on and see who's... <laughs> it's like, I thought that, I hated that. And then, and then they don't tell you that a fish tank is, you have to maintain it. Oh, that's the worst part. So it's hundreds of dollars a month. Hundreds. I was getting a free tank, I thought. So did I. Yeah, yeah. so we got a free tank. We got an opportunity yeah. to spend hundred. Brian is doing amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Mine, put, mine ended up getting sold for about a thousand bucks. It said, "Come take it away." On it, somebody brought a forklift and we moved houses. This thing was just—it was like a giant albatross around my neck at that point. Just take it, thousand bucks. It's yours. It's worth. You, it's worth a lot more than that. Like fifty grand, hundred grand. It was costing me that to keep it going, and the fish were still dying. So nothing against the fine well, people. You don't have the Brian. Tanked. I didn't have a Brian. So that Brian. you just I had a Dave. Dave wasn't uh, great. Who's Dave? <laughs> the fish guy. The Florida Brian. Yeah. You would think in <laughs> he Florida. Wishes, he wishes he was the Florida Brian. Yeah. yeah, but you would think in Florida they'd have a, even a better Brian. I think they'd have it down to, uh, to a science. Because this is a, these are tropical saltwater tanks. Right near the tropics. You'd think they'd be coming out of the walls. Not the case. You don't need someone to maintain what, what, the ocean. What kind of, what? You don't need someone to maintain the ocean. That's not my point. My the point <laughs> is that that's where the fish live. I know, but they don't have people there that know what they're doing because they're just living in the ocean. Right. The fish just live they there. They just live there. Why do you understand my daughter better than me? <laughs> age, age, we age see gap. each yeah. other, yeah. How old are you? 51. 51? Yeah. Wow, you look good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. How, How old are you? I'll be 67. 
Man, I wouldn't have guessed that either. When this airs. Look at us patting each other on the back. <laughs> yeah, I think I look good for my age. You do. Nobody, nobody else is saying that. Well, you could just say you do. But uh, how long will you keep wrestling? At 51, what is the oldest wrestler? I don't know. I mean, you can. there's older wrestlers that, but the reason for me, so uh, last year we were on tour in England and I had a, a pulmonary embolism, okay? So that means blood clots in your lungs. So I was stuck in England for like for like a week in the hospital and all this other stuff. So when I got that warning, I kind of just re redid everything. I lost like 30 pounds and I got into really wicked shape. So I'm having one of the best years of my career this year because of that. So Why did you have that? Were you overweight? Just, uh, no, I mean, I mean, I was I was too big, but I wasn't like fat or anything. It just you just get it. I have a, a gene. I think it's called. G F5 gene? Yes. 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 That, that, is that it? Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, not to really? be confused with F6. F6, yeah, that's that's a really bad one. You so, know, sorry, go on. No, you go ahead. I was going to say you should trademark the geriatric. So when the time comes, you could keep wrestling, like, all the way up to could, 80s, 90s. Yeah, use yeah. a walker. Chris an, geriatric. <laughs> yeah, Chris geriatrico. <laughs> that could work. That could work. I could, I That's could, it. I'll wait till I get you my come out and you just do carry a walker on. Today. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Use it as a phone object. Hit yeah. people with it. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That but, could work. Uh, so, I mean, my, my point to answer your question is I'm still wrestling at a, at a high level, uh, the standard that I've set for myself. And until I can't wrestle at that level anymore, then, then I'll stop. I never thought I'd be wrestling at 51. I also didn't think I'd have a career year at 51 either. So, once again, you got to follow the story and see where it takes you. And so far, it's been uh, it's been a great year, and I feel awesome. So there's no reason to even think about stopping. When you have an embolism, what does that feel like? Couldn't breathe. Like literally, uh, I was on stage with Fozzie, and I couldn't sing. I couldn't catch my breath, and I was like, "This is weird." And I started hearing a blood clot because uh, I talked to a couple doctors that I knew here. And lo and behold, I had a day off in London, went got some blood tests, and they said, "You got to go right to the hospital. You got you've got." Uh, blood clots, pulmonary embolism, which, I mean, people die from that. So you're in the hospital? Yeah, in London, in a yeah. foreign country, right before Christmas. What do they do for you? How do they... How do they? Well, right away, you got to start getting blood thinners, and they bring this freaking needle, and they stick it right in your thigh, and it's like, ah! And the blood thinners got to get in there right away to start tearing them apart, essentially. So that was the first thing. And then, the ox like, you know, the oxygen level was really bad because you can't breathe. And that's something I think during COVID time, everyone was checking their oxygen level. It's supposed to be at like 99 or 100. Yeah. Mine was like down at like 92. I couldn't walk from here to that couch. They'll be like, <sighs> it, was, it was. How long were you in that shape before you went and checked yourself? Uh, it was quick. It was quick that got to that point. So at the beginning of the tour, the first three shows were great. Fourth one, I started feeling weird. And I lasted about another three days after that before I went to the hospital. So it, was, it hit very quick. Onslaught was like, boom. And that's how people die from it. Because you don't know. No one knows if you have blood clots. How are you supposed to know that? It's like you have like a, I had no symptoms or anything. It's just normal guy, normal day. And then suddenly I can't breathe. So it was really kind of like when you hear that people die of these, you can understand how because you don't know. When did this happen? December of last year. December of 21. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But Your yeah, family so must have freaked. They freaked because once again, you're stuck overseas too. Nobody's there. And when you're in the hospital at any time, it's kind of scary because you never know, like, oh, what if, right? Right. When you're in the hospital, and this is, once again, you know, during COVID times, so the level starts going down, and then they put the the, the oxygen in your nose, and I'm like, the next step is the, you know. Intubation. The, yeah, the freaking ventilator. And then you start, I'm just start freaking out. And I was like, I'm not getting in a wheelchair to go to any of these tests. I'm not putting on this gown. 
You got to put on this gown. No, I don't. You got to get in this wheelchair. No, I'm walking. I'm walking where I need to go. Why? Because I was scared. Like everything that would like, if I get into a wheelchair and put the hospital thing on, that's one step closer to in my head never getting out. Like you start, I was reading. So you're sitting there fully dressed getting on these? Well, I had gym shorts and a tank top or whatever it was. I just didn't want to accept the, 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 you know, the, the hospital gown. Like it just, all of it was just in my head. Like, I'm never, what if I never get out of here? You know, what if I don't get out of here? And you start thinking that way. It's, it's freaky. How, how long are you in? I was only two days, but it felt like two months. Because you didn't know. The thing is, if someone said you're going to the hospital for two days, you're going to go out at 6 p.m. on Thursday, you'd be like, all right, you're going to the hospital and we don't know when you're going to get out. That's a scary proposition. So you went, you couldn't breathe and did you go have a doctor check you outside that said go to the yeah, hospital the, the, right we now? Had a, we had a rock doc. There's guys that come to your hotel that, that deal with bands. Right. Or, so we had the rock doc come see him. He took, some, he took some blood and then three hours later, I was supposed to go for a heart test. He goes, no heart test. You're going straight to the hospital. This episode is brought to you by, and this is how he does stuff is yeah. what the episode is. Zipix toothpicks. Zipix, like my favorite thing to say. And what do I have in my mouth? <laughs> a Zipix. And this, the one that I have is the energy one, which mm -hmm. is B12 and caffeine. I so I'm it. getting energy and healthy vitamins at the same time. But you can also get the, uh, this is Spice Island Cove. But this one is for smoking. That's a little nicotine fix so and everything. Zipix is great. Zipix brings you a totally satisfying, convenient, and flavorful way to curb cravings and relax with two milligrams and three milligram options. And remember when massive vape clouds and ashtrays and dip spit were awesome? I do remember that. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I never remembered that. But okay. now there's an easier, less messy, and more subtle way to curb cravings How? with Zipix toothpicks. I like just hearing you say that. Can you say it one more time? Zipix toothpicks. What is the best part about? Oh, Zipix. <laughs> it's that you really can use them just about anywhere. Yeah. That's I, the best part. I bring them with me everywhere. Yeah. And obviously you use them on the podcast. Yeah, Zipix toothpicks. <laughs> are are long lasting and available in six delicious flavor choices. Plus you can stop exposing your lungs to smoke, smoke, not smoke, smoke and vape fog. That's great, yeah. huh? Mm -hmm. Anyway. It's uh, it's like oral gratification. Mm -hmm. I hate saying that in front of my daughter, but I'm getting some <laughs> oral gratification right now with my Zipex, right? Mm -hmm. And it's amazing flavors that keep us coming back to Zipex. Now they only sell their toothpicks online. You know that making mm -hmm. uh, them uh, one of the most cost-effective alternatives available because mm -hmm. they don't have to pay for like a store. They don't have to pay for rent. Also, the best part is if you need a boost of energy, you try their Zipix Energy like you did with B12 and caffeine. That's what I use. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So you guys have seen us use Zipix on the podcast, and now it's time to find out for yourself. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go to ZipixToothpicks.com today and use code Howie to save 10% off your order. That's ZipixToothpicks.com, promo code Howie. You must be 21 or older to order Zipmore. Smoke less with Zipix toothpicks. Here is another, uh, this is an ad spot, which I, I think is going to be helpful for me because I, I know it's early, but I like to get it done early. I started shopping for the holidays. Did you start shopping for the holidays? Gifts? I did. What did I get? I'm not telling you what you got yet. Oh. It's not, you're going to have to wait. I thought I'd fool you. Yeah, but right now, you mm -hmm. can shop early just like we did. You could skip the stress and snag some of the best deals of the season on something everyone will love. 
premium audio products from Raycon. What an amazing idea. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who doesn't listen to stuff? Music. When you're looking for a gift everyone needs or a stocking stuffer that's not a candle for once, Raycons are the way to go. It's hard to listen to podcasts with a candle. It is. Maybe you could smell the podcast, though. There's already wax in your ear. (laughs) Their wireless earbuds, headphones, and speakers offer premium sound, useful features, an almost custom, comfortable fit, and up to 54 hours of battery life. That's actually huge. 54 hours. Who listens? to their like their their earbuds for 54 hours without recharging well that means they can listen listen to 54 hours of howie mandel does stuff without having to recharge oh then that's Just good straight, yeah and as the person gifting them you gotta love that they start at half the price of other premium audio brands plus raycon makes it easy with holiday gift guides for everyone in your life your mom maybe you dad co-workers, co-workers fitness lovers gamers <laughs> Kyle. 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 Would that be a good gift for you? I use mine when I'm working out. Do you really? Tre- uh huh. On the treadmill. Uh, or yeah. knock that list out all at once. And get 30% off by shopping Raycon's holiday bundles. Raycon's holiday bundles. Okay? Everyone needs a pair of Raycon's in their ears, whether it's for listening to music taking work calls or blasting a workout playlist like, like me you, you like just what said I that. Do. Yeah. yes okay you know what everyone doesn't need two little white stems hanging out of their ears luckily raycons are sleek and stylish and come in a range of colorways to match anyone's style you can find raycons in stores now like kohl's or walmart but let me tell you right now you're always going to get the best deal when you use our special link by raycon.com slash howie does stuff the raycon website also offers buy now pay later options right so right now, go to buyraycon.com slash stuff and use code EARLYBF to get 20% off site-wide. That's 20% off any Raycon product, which almost never happens, or save even bigger and get 30% off Raycon's exclusive holiday bundles. That's EARLYBF at buyraycon.com slash stuff. Right? For 20% off your Raycon purchase by Raycon.com slash Howie Does Stuff. We're going back to the podcast, no? Yeah, let's go. Okay. So you go to the ER? Yeah, go right into the hospital. And thankfully, it was with like a, it's called a medical concierge, which is like a, um, a company that takes care of everything. You don't have to call for appointments. You don't have to book yourself. For, oh, the, the, the lights just went out. It's okay. This um, is because the story. The story is like now we got to really get serious. We, can we dim the rest of the lights too, please? That'd be Everything great. went out. There oh. we go. Is that better? Yeah, it's better. Thank Good. you. Um, but, but yeah, so 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 it was like the rock dot came, go straight to the hospital, and so they they organized the hospital for me, which was a nice hospital. Uh, so it was it, it, it you know it was scary, but it could have been way way worse. So, but yeah, so then, then, then once you get out of the hospital. Well, wait, so let's go, you're in the hospital. Yes. They're asking you to put on the gown. They're saying, they give you this thing on the, like, there's gotta be a period where you go, I don't, like you're yeah. saying, I don't know where the fuck this is going. Yeah. When, how long before it started getting better? Or what did you notice if somebody came so, in? And- yeah, so the, the, like I said, they couldn't have been better as far as treatment, all that stuff. So, so the next day they said, if these levels in your blood go down, that shows that the blood clots are dissipating. You can leave. Please let me get up. Please get up. I'm sorry, you have to stay for another day. 
So then the next day they came in and then my, the, because it works fast, the blood thinners work fast. So then right. my oxygen level is high enough where they feel comfortable for me to leave. The clots are starting to dissipate. So I'm allowed to get out, but you can't fly. Oh shit. When you have blood clots, right? So I was stuck there for another, another week. Uh, and I was like, listen, if I have to be here for a month, I mean, that's just the way it is. I can't get on a plane. You could die on the plane. Um, so a week is all it was, which ended up being not so bad. But then even after that week, getting on a plane was your thought, like maybe they yeah. missed that? Like, yeah, it's scary. They, it's, then, and yeah. then when you, and then, yeah, it was. Especially flying from London back to America. Tampa, yeah, seven hours, there's no. And you're over the ocean. So right. halfway over the ocean, if something fucks up, there's no, yeah. they can't land. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, that's it. So, Were you thinking about that on the flight? I was, you know, but 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 I told, so I was dealing with like the head of pulmonary, whatever it was called, pulmonary medicine in London. He was a professor. This guy was a top level guy. And when he said, you can fly, that's when I said, okay. Because I said, dude, don't, I don't need to go home. Like I'll stay here for Christmas if I have to. And he's like, I'm not going to let you get on the plane unless you're absolutely certain to be okay. So once he finally gave me the check mark, I, I was cool. So are you still on blood thinner? No. So what happened was, so then that's why I kind of incorporating the original question. It was then I went and got everything, lungs, heart, blood levels, cholesterol, colonoscopy, like, you know, whatever it needed to be done. I did it all. And everything was checked off, every check, 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 check. And then finally, about two months ago, I got taken off blood thinners and I have a clean bill of, bill of health. Which is great. You're probably, as you said, healthier than healthier you've ever now. been. Yeah, because I took the warning, right? You get you get a warning like that. You gotta you gotta listen to your to your body, you know, and listen to to the powers that be. So do you have a, a strict diet? Are you on a? I do. Yeah, I do. Are you a vegan, vegetarian? No, I went what, what to you... a medical diet clinic. What's that? So I happened to meet this guy in New Year's with my with my wife, and he owned a medical diet clinic, and I was like, well, I gotta lose some weight because what happened was when I started getting these tests. You have this, um, it's called visceral fat. What is visceral fat? That's the fat that surrounds your organs, right? Right. And they said, you need to lose visceral fat. How do you do that? You gotta lose weight, period. Okay, great, I gotta lose weight. Now it's medically told to me to lose weight. And I found this medical diet clinic and it just deals with like supplements and, and uh, but it's, it's basically six small meals a day, basically snacks. And when you first get on it, like any diet, like here's your first meal, and it's a little chocolate bar with this big. And you're like, what? Like, how can I live on that? Like, that's nothing. But then you acclimate to it, and then suddenly it just becomes a way of life. Now I'm that guy, now I carry uh, a, a box of, a bag of food, I carry a, a scale with me, I weigh myself every day. Like, I'm super obsessed with it now. Wait, 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 so you only eat these little bars? Like, is it specific? Like, you don't, you, yeah, you, you can't- go, You go there and you buy whatever it is, and it's soups and oatmeal, and. Chocolate bars and, and you don't think that's a scam? Like, can you go out to lunch? Can you go out yeah, to yeah, dinner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. I can. Like, and now I'm not super strict, but dude, I lost thirty pounds in ten weeks on this. It worked like a charm. But when you have these crazy diets, and I'm I'm using the word crazy very loosely, don't you strict. find that when you go back, to, like, is there no way to just eat like a regular person and maintain this weight? I don't think so, not for me. I don't think so. I think, because I think if I ate like a regular person, I'd probably shoot back up maybe another 10 pounds. I don't want to. So I'm like 210 right now and I like that. If I'm, if I'm How under- How tall are you? 5'11". Same as me. So if I'm under 210, I'll have a hamburger, cheeseburger, pizza. If I'm over 210, I just stick to the diet for a day. That's kind of how I do it now. And does it drop that fast? Yeah, it goes fast. And are you drinking a lot of water? A lot of water. That's a big thing, I didn't know. You got to drink a lot of water if you want to lose weight. I didn't know that. Water makes you lose weight. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. I'm one of those guys. I keep a I keep a record of how much water I eat now. So you say you carry a scale with you. Did you bring a scale today? I didn't. I don't have it in my pocket. No. It's, but I, do, I do have it at my hotel room. Really? Yeah. You just carry it. Yeah. How often do you weigh yourself? Every morning. Are you not obsessive? Is that? that? I'm obsessive. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it because I don't want to ever get to be like I think I was two forty. Do you just have an obsessive personality in general? Kind of do, and especially like for this, like I really want to keep it on it because that was my warning. Right, the yeah. warning from God, you, you could have died, so don't fuck with it anymore. So I don't ever want to get to that point. So I find if I'm five pounds over and I don't know it, well, maybe I'll be 10 pounds over and then I'll be 15 pounds over. That goes really fast. You got, I, I have to keep an eye on it. So, so I, oh, go ahead. I wanted to ask, I don't know if you already talked, you probably already talked about wrestling and stuff, but I wanted to know what you think about Logan Paul. I think it's great. I mean, I think it's awesome. Anytime you can get somebody that's from the outside world coming into wrestling and putting a spotlight on it, it's great. Really? A lot of boxers have a problem with, like, the Paul brothers coming into boxing. You know, I watched that last fight just the other day with uh, Jake Paul Mm -hmm. versus um, uh, uh, Silva, Anderson Silva. Mm -hmm. He's a good boxer. Jake's good. Yeah, I'm finally a believer. He's good. Finally? Finally. That was it? It took me a while because my my nephew always comes over and we watch him. Like, this is a scam. They're Mm -hmm. taking dives. They're just putting, you know, Tijuana... Taxi drivers in there against this guy. He's a good boxer, so it's good for the sport. Logan Paul is good for the business because it gets more eyeballs onto the show from people that might not watch wrestling or watch boxing. So I think it's smart. You're saying that. Do you think a lot of your uh, people in your industry are happy with it, or do you think that they, if they aren't happy with it, Howard, they don't understand business? Because the most important thing is selling tickets. That's the most important thing. So I don't care if it's Logan Paul or Harry Mandel or the return of Steve Austin or whatever it may be. If it's a, it's it's stunt casting, right? And if it works, then it it's fine. It, it, what you're saying makes sense, but in the world of comedy and in the world of acting and show business, yeah. which is your, it's probably one of the most competitive worlds I've ever been in. And I just as I'll tell you as a comedian, you know, when I started out backstage at the comedy store, it was like an evil, mean right. place. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would imagine in wrestling, like like in the movie business and the TV business, that your answer is, yeah. pro- I believe you, you know, because you're, you know, the age that you're at right. and you have more experience. But I would imagine a lot of young people well, in the sport are going, what the fuck is he doing? He's an influencer. But he, I mean, he puts on an amazing he show. Does, but, but you got to also, too, look who you're talking to here. Like I, for years, for years with Fozzie, people didn't like the band just because I was in the band. Oh, he's a, he's a wrestler. How can a wrestler be a singer? Oh. Now, you know, with, with the gold record and five top 10 hits and all this other stuff, there's still people that will never like the band because I'm the singer, but there's nothing you can do about it. You know, either it works or it doesn't. So there's always going to be people that are angry that Logan Paul is in wrestling, but if it works, then you can't worry about the people that are going to be angry because, like I said, they probably don't understand. They probably are younger guys. For me, I understand what it's like to travel in between worlds and, right. and the animosity that you get from that, from some people that just will never get it. And right. that's fine. You can't deal with that. You can't, you can't worry about people that don't like you. All I worry about is the people that do like me and, and making new fans. Did you ever get caught up in any actual drama in wrestling? Like actually having feuds with people outside of the... It happens. Sure it does. But but the thing is, though, once again, it's like, it's like if you're cast in a movie and you hate your co-star, uh-huh. either you make it work, do your job, put on a great performance and never talk to each other again, or you leave the project. It's that simple. So if you do, if there are people that you have a problem with, which I've had over the years, not a lot, but there's, oh, this guy rose me the wrong way, he's a fucking asshole, whatever, you still got to put on a good show. 
I was reading that there is it, there are issues right now in the league, right, where they had an actual problem and one of the wrestlers actually left. Did you already talk about that? No, yeah. we didn't. Yeah, I mean, that was, sometimes you have fights uh -huh. in the locker room and, and that sort of thing. And, and you know, it's it's a big team, and sometimes guys get in fights, and sometimes guys just have the wrong attitude for how to make the team work. Yeah. So I mean, that's how you have to look at it. And sometimes guys have to leave. That's just the way it is. You know. Who so, makes that decision? Probably the boss, you know, for, for us, like Tony Khan or, or Vince McMahon or Triple H, whoever's Because they actually had to cancel, like, a, one of the shows and everything because of the fight and the argument, right? Is this recent? Well, not, yeah. not, not cancel the shows, but, you know, guys weren't were suspended and, uh -huh. and that sort of a thing. Yeah. Wait, are you talking about a specific incident? Yeah. 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 What is she talking about? Oh, there was a, there, there was a, there was a locker room fight that happened a couple months ago uh, between a couple guys. And, like I said, when these things happen... You have to deal with them, and sometimes the way to deal with it is guys just have to not be there anymore. You know, wow. So, so those are, there is there's real life drama. I used to get it when I, you know, first started working in Japan, you know, or Mexico. Guys would be mad once again. Who's this foreign guy? This guy with long blonde hair. Let's go and beat him up in the ring, and then you got to fight him back, and then they they lay off of you. But, the but, but so that, you were doing real fights. We're well, not supposed to be, but guys will we call it shooting? They'll shoot on you. What is that? It's like, you know, punch you in the face for real or clothesline you in the throat for real or, or whatever it may be to try and send you a message like, you know, who do you think you are, kid? And then you have to tell them who you are by punching them back. It's like kind of So it's school. a real fight. They'll be, destroy yeah, your it, throat vagina. It can be, yeah. yeah. Vocal vagina, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, so, so, that, so that, that, that's part of like, the, like, especially in old school wrestling, there was a mentality of like, we got to weed out the pretenders. How do you do that? Let's break his leg for real. Even though you go in there with a understanding that you don't want to hurt each other, sometimes guys would not do that, and they would go the other way to get rid of you. Old school. and But you've been around for a long time. Have you yeah, seen that? Yeah, it's not like that anymore. But have you seen yes, that? Yes, I experienced it when I was first starting. Is that what you said? You broke your arm once. It was that you think that was a... No, that was, no, nobody broke it. I broke it myself by trying to do like a flippity-dippity thing. But there a was flippity kind of flippity-dippity. Flippity-dippity. Yeah. Wow. The, the dreaded flippity-dippity. Are Watch you known for the flippity-dippity? Uh, Chris get, Jericho is going to do a flippity-dippity. I could bust it out at any time. You better watch it. You never know. But have you ever been there and witnessed somebody doing something yeah. incredibly, or to you? Yeah. Uh, the first, or you said the Mexican. The did. first match I ever had in Japan, I was 20, and I was against a, a, kick, a, a legit kickboxing champion who was legit kicking the shit out of me. And I was like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't, I'd never experienced this before. So I went outside and grabbed a chair and I hit him on the head as hard as I could. And he almost looked like Mongo from Blazing Saddles. Why'd you do that? <laughs> um, and they, but then he laid off. But this guy was kicking my ass because that's just was the style. Japanese styles are more strong. He didn't know who I was, didn't care. I'll just kick this kid, whatever. So you got to take matters into your own hands. And that was the, the perfect example. Like, I'm just going to hit him as hard as I can. And either he's going to kill me or he's going to lay off. And thankfully, he laid off. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of a cool story. There you go. That yeah, is really yeah. a cool story. Um, what is the dream? If you're getting to a point now where, and I'm not saying you're even close to retiring, but where, where do you want this to go? Do you want to do what the, the Rock did? Do you want to eventually just well, go I into mean, music I, and I, movies? And I kind of already am. Like I've I know. always been very diverse uh, with my career choices and obviously I can't wrestle forever and like I said I didn't think I'd be still wrestling now right um, but there's so many ways to be in show business now 
I have a very successful podcast. I've written books. I'm now doing the, the movie thing. There's the band. There's, you know, uh, there's always, as you know, there's always offers. Can you host this? Do you want to do voiceovers for this? I mean, once you start getting on the wheel, everything kind of comes in. It's been that way for me. So the dream is just, I, I'm an entertainer. I've been doing this since I was 19 years old. It's all I know. And I will be entertaining until the day I die in whatever way that may shape or form take is kind of the, the dream just to continue doing this. You seem to have a, an overwhelming understanding for everything that you do. Would you ever consider starting your own promotion, your own, have you ever? I don't think so. So I, I, I started my own theme cruise, Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager. And that's as close. On a cruise? On a cruise, yeah. So we're Wrestling on a cruise? Wrestling on a cruise. Wrestling. With elderly people at a buffet? <laughs> the, the, the elderly people get in uh, wrestling matches over the nachos. They're, they're a right. high-dollar cruise item. No, it, it, uh, we played on the Kiss Cruise, Fozzie. Right. right. And as soon as we docked, I said to my manager, I can, uh, I have an idea. We can do a cruise, a wrestling rock, a rock and, a rock and roll wrestling cruise. Right. Just like me with comedians are on it, and we've got paranormal stuff, and magician, and whatever. It's fun. Um, but the thing is, that is as close as I ever want to get to being a promoter, to starting my own company, because it's hard to book people and to this guy wants to get paid more. This guy wants a certain cabin. This guy's being a pain in the ass. This guy didn't show up for the meet and greet. This guy, it, it, you know, it, it's hard to deal with that side of it. So I would never want to start my own. But essentially, the company I work in now, AEW, I did help start it three years ago. Right. So that's as far as I'll ever go as far as actually bankrolling it and, and that sort of thing. I would never want to do that. You talked about, uh, you just mentioned a, a minute. I know you have another interest in the paranormal. Yes. Do you totally believe in it? Yeah. What yeah. is the weirdest, most wonderful experience that I've you... I've had, I've had, I've had, a, it's called time displacement. What's that? Um, so it is when you can't account for a certain uh, stretch of time. It's uh, when people, like if you get... Uh, abducted. Abducted, right. So I was driving home on a country road and it should have taken me about an hour to get home. And instead of getting home at 2 a.m., I got home at 5 a.m. And I still don't know what happened. And I don't know, I wasn't drinking, I wasn't doing drugs or anything. It's just there's a big chunk of time missing. So I should probably go for to a hypnotist and see what happened if there's any uh, abduction there. But I've had that time displacement. That's the craziest one. So why wouldn't you go to a hypnotist and see if they I can... I probably should. I probably should. Yeah. I wish we had a hypnotist here right now. That's pretty... <laughs> and here um, he is, <laughs> Dave the hypnotist. So I had that and I But also, that's not paranormal as much as that is Well, so here's another UFO one, though. Here's another one. I, I did a, a show for the Travel Channel... Uh, it was called Chris Jericho Hunting Monsters. Right. And we went to the Louisiana Bayou to look for a Rougarou, which is a, a Louisiana werewolf, essentially. Also, when we were there, there was a, 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 a voodoo priestess had put a curse on a town, like in the 20s. And when she put the curse on the town, this is real, a hurricane came and killed like 50 people. And they have a mass grave in the middle of the swamp. So we were out there and I had a machete and I was cutting through the forest or the, the swamp and we got to this mass burial ground and I put the machete in the ground. They had the ghost hunters there with the, uh, I think, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a, it, they, they scan you and, a, and the lights will come on if you have something attached to you basically. And these guys were scanning me and it was going full on DEFCON green. Right on my arm, right here. Nothing, something. Nothing, something. And I was like, let me see this thing. Is there a button you're pushing on here? I was like, no, I do it to myself. It's blinking, nothing, nothing, blinking. Then I started feeling like queasy, like I'd been on a roller coaster. I started really feeling like this is fucking not good. Like I, I fight or flight, I got to get out of here. Like this is really bad. And 
I pulled the machete out of the ground and it went away. And I'm wondering maybe if I put that machete in the ground, it made somebody mad that was buried there. Because there was something I felt like some really weird shit going on in my own body. And that was that was like a really, um, and afterwards I talked to, they had some people there, some shaman that were there. And they said, this is, happens. Like you get, spirits will attach to you. And you have to be cleansed before you can leave the bio. Like it's pretty, pretty, you know, out there stuff. But when you're there and it's three in the morning and you're standing there and you feel something weird going on where you know this is not this is not normal, it's hard to uh, explain it away. Like, did you get cleansed? After? I did. I did. I did. So after and after I, I took the thing and it was gone. The 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 green lights were gone for that. Interesting. So do you still pursue uh, these? Well, I mean, I mean, if there was a show like that, I would do it in a second. It was just, a, I think it was just a, like a special for the Travel Channel. It wasn't like a series or anything like that. But I deal with that on my podcast too. It's a big part of my podcast is the paranormal side of things. Right. Um, to the point where I'm almost kind of one of the, not experts, but one of the go-tos for people when they want to talk about whatever experience. I get calls all the time from conspiracy guys and Bigfoot guys and ghost guys and UFO guys and all that sort of stuff. Do you enjoy doing a podcast? I love it. How long have you been doing it? Uh, we just did our 900th episode about two months ago. So I started in 2013. Oh, wow. You started before the wave. Yes, before the wave. And that's why I have a great fan base because I was able to carve the niche out before the wave. You saw you it coming. I did. Well, there you go. Yeah. And, and <laughs> go where the puck is moving. Yeah. Well, that's pretty amazing. How often do you drop a new episodes? Twice a week. And you and talk about memory. You, you, you've been on the show before. You did the show. <laughs> I, we're, 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 see, I, for, I, I forgot that I did Howie's show. He I forgot was, that he did my show. I was on your podcast. You were. You were. Great. You know what's weird? I remember I was gonna do your podcast, and then there's just this, this blank, chunk this chunk of time that's just gone. <laughs> Call back. Yes. <laughs> no, you did it over the phone. Uh, you were on. You were in your car. We talked about 45 minutes. You were an excellent guest. I know. Thank you. I would love to be back Appreciate on. That. Can I'd I be back on? You. I'd love to have you. Back I'll on. be back on now, face to face too. Yeah. This and is, next time I'm in Florida. Yeah. Or do you do it? Do you ever travel outside? I go everywhere. I carry my podcast stuff with me at all times, along with my scale. I, with your scale. Yeah. I would do it. With, like, uh, I'd love to. Wait and weigh. Yeah, we, we, we can weigh ourselves on the podcast. That'd be fun. Yeah, I would. Well, for us, not for the <laughs> listeners. So you got the podcast. You got, we should look forward to your um, uh, NFT. NFT uh, the graphic novel, The Pain Maker. Pain Maker. The Cruise, Chris the, Jericho's Rock and Rest and Rager at Sea. Okay. I want to go to that. What's your next uh, bout? Uh, 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 I got to go to Baltimore tonight. It's tomorrow in Baltimore. Oh, this will already have aired. I'm not putting this up tomorrow. This is probably last this week will, in Baltimore. Last week in Baltimore. <laughs> but this say this airs like on Tuesday. This is Tuesday. Every Wednesday. We're on every Wednesday is our show. It's called Dynamite on TBS. So Dynamite on TBS. Yeah. Watch on Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Anything else? Rock and roll band. If you're Fozzy. Is on tour. But like if not, download and stream. Where they could just see all your stuff. Do you ChrisJericho.com. Like yeah. yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, Chris Jericho. Uh, people say, do you have any socials? They just Google it. You'll find the stuff. Are you there. big on social media? Are you on Twitter? I am and, Twitter. And, do you TikTok? Uh, do you dance? I don't, but I, I have a TikTok. And I've once again, I hired somebody to do the TikTok. Don't, don't say that. It's very important. Don't say that. It's very important. No, you could tell me that, but yeah. don't tell them. Now people want to tune in to watch the guy you hired. No, no, but it's all my stuff, though. It's me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't hire him to do a TikTok for himself. <laughs> oh, I just say I hired a guy to dance and no, to do no, 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 cooking no. Like, demonstrations. Helps, it's actually a girl. She helps me with TikTok because you have to have the presence. Once again, when, when the new platforms open up, you have to be a part of it. Right. You know, you got to stay ahead right. of the curve. Like we and said, are you so. doing uh, YouTube shorts? 
I, I have YouTube shorts, yeah. And, and Snapchat? Uh, I don't do a Snapchat. No. I don't do Twitch either. Twitch is the next gaming. thing. Yeah, you can do anything on Twitch, though. Yeah, but it's bigger for gaming. It is. I'm Isn't it? A, Am I right, kids? Vine's coming back, too, apparently. Vine is. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I had I a Vine page. Is it really? That's what Elon Musk said with a Mr. Beast. I did, oh. I did two Vines, uh, and I premiered them as a double feature at the Chinese, at the Man Chinese Theater <laughs> at a big... Uh, <laughs> Premiere. <laughs> a lot of people were late and missed it because it was only 12 <laughs> seconds. It was a double feature. Yeah. But anyway, you're the best. Well, as a what are you doing? You're, what, are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I have uh, chronic dry eyes, so I always have to put eye drops in once so in a while. So you travel with a scale? Yeah, eye drops. With eye drops? But you just did one eye. I did both. No. You, didn't, you missed the first one. I did. Yeah, you did. But yeah, eye drops, scale, Podcast equipment. Uh -huh. uh, Travel with a lot of stuff. I do. Yeah. I, I'm one of those guys. Fancy you wanna, before we leave, do you want to put some ointment on anything? <laughs> do you have any salve? 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 I don't know. What, is he saying that right? I said labium wrong. He said salve wrong. Is it salve? What is it? S-A-L-V. What is it? Salve. Salve? Okay. I don't want to. Yes. Kyle knows. I prefer salve over ointment. Nine times out of ten, salve is better than ointment. I've learned, Howie. Well, fantastic. So you learned it here from Chris Jericho. <laughs> You're the best. Catch him every Wednesday on TBS. Listen to his podcast. The name of the podcast. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, you don't miss 15 minutes this week like it happened to him. I hope if you ever get an update or you do a, a hypnotist, I swear to God, I want to hear. Oh, yeah. I had actually had a girl on my show who deals with that and said I can... I can uh, talk with you about this and put you under and see what happens. So Why didn't you do, do it on the show? I should. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want it. What happens if I say some stuff I shouldn't say, though? You can and edit. Don't air Is it, it live? Edit it out. No, it's not live. So there. Edit it. See? Problem solved. <laughs> Thank you. That was Howie Mandel does stuff. <laughs> You're great. That was a blast, man. Those are great topics. That was. It was fun. Yeah.